Blog Talk Radio. Stevie B's Media Production is a part of the Shellcaster Network. The proclamation of the gospel of Jesus Christ by members of the Churches of Christ. With your host, Stevie R. Butler. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord Radio Show. Oh, 
Good evening. We are out in the world listening to this radio broadcast. Stevie B's Media Production presents What a Word from the Lord Radio Show. I'm your host, Stevie R. Butler, and this radio show is being broadcast from Stevie B Media Production at the Carolina studio in the great state of North Carolina. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we are just so grateful for the privilege to bring you a program where we as Christians and members of the Churches of Christ can share our faith and preach and teach the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ on a weekly basis. If you'd like to contact us while we're on the air, just give me a call to the live show at 713-955-0508. Or if you have any questions or comments for any of my co-hosts or special guest speakers on this broadcast, you can send your emails to my new email address, butlersteve1009 at yahoo.com or you can give me a call at Steve B's Media Production at the Carolina Studio at 910-491-6405. Now again, this program is brought to you by members of the Churches of Christ. And if you need any assistance in locating a congregation in your area, please feel free to contact us. Now folks, get out your Bibles and stay along with us here on What Our Word from the Lord Radio Show. You're listening to What a Word from the Lord radio show. Ladies and gentlemen, on tonight's broadcast, we have a special edition. My co-host, Shauna Otis, she serves with the Grayway Church of Christ there in Nashville, Tennessee. She has her team, the Mid-Tennessee Singles Ministry, that airs here every Tuesday of the month. So enjoy your listening experience. Shauna, take it away. My name is Brian Malone, and you're listening to the Mid-Tennessee Singles Hour Power on the What a Word from the Lord radio show. I do apologize for that, but nevertheless, um, we thank you for joining the Mid-Tennessee Singles Hour Power tonight. You are here tonight with the members of the Mid-Tennessee Singles Ministry Committee um, as, w- um, as well. My name is I'm Shauna Otis. I am the one of the co-hosts for um, What a Word from the, the Lord radio uh, show um, headed by the CV- CVB Media Productions. Um, and we are here tonight with Dr. John Marshall. Dr. John Marshall is the grandson of a former slave. He was born and raised in, um, and forgive me if I say it wrong, but it's called Median Tennessee or Median Tennessee, one or the other. He is married to the former Priscilla Jackson of Blyville, Arkansas. They have four children, Terrence, Marcus, Jandria, and Jonathan. He has successfully served in churches in Alabama, Arkansas, Georgia, Kentucky, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Tennessee and presently serves as at the Grace View Church of Christ in Anderson, South Carolina. Um, with more than 5,000 presentations, he has inspired audiences in Jamaica and throughout 30 states into 200 cities here in America. For several years, he facilitated call and ask, a national question and answer telecast. Weekly, he conducts a persistent mental stamina teleconference coaching people to transform, to transform their personal and professional lives. In addition, he conducts from thought to bought a webinar workshop, coaching people to write and publish their books quarterly. Quarterly, he hosts Faith um, Symposium, a teleconference that encourages disciples to continue to devote themselves to the apostle teachings. He is the CEO of Wisdom to Wealth. Um, which is a 501c3 nonprofit corporation developed to educate and nurture individuals into the practical relevancy 
of the wisdom of God. Solomon Society provides life coaching through teaching, training, workshops, forums, seminars, support groups, and social media. Um, he has studied at Freed Hardman University, the Theological University of America, University of Memphis, um, and Southern Christian University. His uh, research paper, Single Mother, and Simulates a Positive Family Networking Within Black Families, was selected and presented at the annual graduate research um, symposium at Memphis State University. He has authored and published 16 books, and Dr. Marshall will be able to share more about his website um, for his books as well as some of the things that he um, does um, as well. And we, um, at the Tennessee Singles um, Committee, we just really like um, take the time to just to thank you, Dr. Marshall, for just to, um, love, um, to participate in our minister's um, year <laughs> um, and um, studying the word with us on on the water word um, from the Lord Radio Show under the Mid-Tennessee Singles Hour Power segment. And we just thank you. And um, I'm going to turn you over. Our, Topic that we're um, basing on for January, February, March is on trust. So, um, Dr. Marshall will pick up on part two of Dr. Um, of trust, and we hope that you will be able to um, sit back and listen. Um, in between time, when you're not on air or not talking, we're just asking everyone to please keep your phones muted, um, and because everybody's calls are live. Thank you, Dr. John Marshall. Thank you, Shauna. I am honored for the privilege of being a part of the program tonight, and thank you for all of the tireless efforts and energy that you invest, not only in this, but in the Tennessee singles. Thanks to Stevie B for providing the platform for the message tonight, and to your sidekick, Alicia Martin Swing, for what she does. By the way, those in the audience, if you have a question at any point tonight, Don't hesitate to just write in with your question, uh, and it won't bother me a bit at all to do that. If you're ever in the Anderson, South Carolina area, or you know someone in that area, please send them to worship with us. Uh, We broadcast our Sunday morning worship live through Zoom. Our Thursday evening Bible study at 630 is live through Zoom. We also broadcast it through Facebook and YouTube. I do provide life coaching. If you'd like to extend your experience with me and take your life to a higher level, uh, you can reach me at my website, John Davis, D-A-V-I-S, John Davis Marshall, two L's, dot com, and uh, a number of things on there that I would be delighted to share with you. Now, let's move quickly to what you actually invited me to do, and that is to talk about trust. Journey with me to 2 Kings chapter 18 and verses 1 through 6. I want to read these verses to set the stage for the idea of trust. But before I read those verses, I want to tell you that trust is the oil that makes the universe flow frictionless. When there is no trust, the universe does not flow frictionless, just as oil in the engine of a vehicle. It enables the engine, pistons, and valves to interact 
with a minimal amount of friction. Trust is critical for a minimal amount of friction. Second Kings chapter 18, let's kind of get a workable definition of that idea of trust, and then we will launch out into what I want to share with you tonight. Now, it came about in the third year, and by the way, I'm reading from the New American Standard. If you have a different translation, a few words might be different, but hopefully you'll pick up the same meaning. Now, it came about in the third year of Hoshea, the son of Elah, king of Israel, that Hezekiah, the son of Ahaz, king of Judah, became king. He was 25 years old when he became king, and he reigned 29 years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Abai, the daughter of Zechariah. He did right in the sight of the Lord according to all that his father David had done. He removed the high places, broke down the sacred pillars, and cut down the Asherah. He also broke in pieces the bronze serpent that Moses had made. For until those days, the son of Israel burned incense to it, and it was called Nehushtan. Pay close attention to verses 5 and 6. He trusted in the Lord, the God of Israel, so that after him, There was none like him among all the kings of Judah, nor among those who were before him. Now notice, he trusted. Trust set him apart, enabled him to distinguish himself from the kings before him and the kings after him. We could just spend our entire program tonight talking about the value of trust, but we won't do that. Now, verse 6, for he clung to the Lord. He did not depart from following him, but kept his commandments, which the Lord had commanded Moses. Now, contrast verses 5 and verse 6. Verse 5 said, he trusted in the Lord. Verse 6 said, he clung to the Lord. So to trust is to fasten one's self to a set of principles, subscribe to a performance, and let nothing remove you from following it. Look again at verse 6. For he clung to the Lord. He did not depart from following him, but kept his commandments, which the Lord had commanded Moses. So to trust is to cling and conform. To trust is to cling and conform to a set of ideas or ideals. And when you trust and you cling and conform, if your trust is focused in the right direction, if you conform adequately, 
then tremendous success follows. Could it be that you are experiencing a minimal amount of success because you simply don't trust? Well, what is the object of our trust? In the first segment, I want to share one direction of trust. And in the second segment, I will share a different direction of trust. Now, this might be a little different from what you are normally accustomed to hearing as one talks about trust. So do not hesitate to ask your questions as you see fit. First, I want to say to you, you must trust yourself. Now, does that surprise you? Trust yourself. Trust yourself enough to try. Trust yourself enough to try. Many times we trust others and have never been taught to trust ourselves. That's why as adults, we believe that someone else can do it better than we. Isn't it interesting? Note the reversal. When you were one year old, you thought you could do it. You trusted yourself. When you were two years old, three years old, you started out in life trusting yourself. You really believed. Therefore, you begged for an opportunity to do it, to try it. You were standing around in the kitchen telling your mother you could cook, wash the dishes, run the vacuum cleaner long before she believed it. And so you trusted yourself. Can you remember how many times you got in trouble trying to do something that you really were not able to do? You did not do it well. Maybe you slipped off in the car. You trusted yourself to drive. You trusted yourself to do something, and you failed. But my point is, in the beginning of life, you trusted yourself. It is that trust in yourself that put you on the road to success. So trust yourself enough to try. Don't hide behind, I cannot, I'm unable, therefore I'm unwilling to try. The devil has scared us to lethargic behavior because we did not trust ourselves enough to try. One day you ought to sit, quietly ponder, how many efforts have I put forth and succeeded, though I did not believe in the beginning that I could. I had no idea. So you must trust enough to try. 
Let's go back to the beginning. God created Adam and gave him one of the largest assignments and responsibilities he has ever given to mankind. It is found in Genesis chapter 2 and verse number 19 through 20. Out of the ground the Lord formed every beast of the field and every bird of the sky and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called a living creature, that was its name. The man gave names to all the cattle, to the birds of the sky, to every beast of the field. Now, have you thought about that gigantic assignment? He named everything. Not only did he name everything, he had to remember what he named it. And Adam trusted God enough to try to name, and therefore he was successful. So Adam set the stage. He trusted God. He trusted himself enough to try. And when he tried, he was successful. And then the man Noah. Noah was one who trusted himself. He trusted himself. In Genesis 6, verses 14 through 22, you remember the story. Noah, God came to Noah and said, Make for yourselves an ark of gopher wood. You shall make the ark with rooms, shall cover it inside and out with pitch. This is how you shall make it. The length of the ark, 300 cubits, its breadth, 50 cubits, its height, 30 cubits. So God gave Moses, I'm sorry, Noah, the instructions for building the ark. What did Noah do? He trusted in himself enough to move forward, and he succeeded. Because Genesis 6 and verse 22, thus Noah did according to all that God had commanded him, so he did. What does Noah lay out for us? One who trusts in his intellectual capacity that God had endowed him with, and he moved forward and built the ark to save posterity through his family. Now, initially, Moses did not trust himself. Exodus 3 and verse 11, God called Moses and gave him an assignment. He did like many of us. He thought that he could excuse himself out of the responsibility. He did not trust his speaking ability. 
but subsequently he came to believe and to move forward with his divine assignment. Because Exodus chapter 14 and verse number 21 says, they arrived at the Red Sea. God gave Moses instructions. He stretched out his hand over the Red Sea, and the people proceeded. So what I want to say is you must trust yourself enough to try. You must trust your knowledge and judgment. Trust your knowledge and judgment enough to try. Stop surrendering. Stop placing yourself beneath the knowledge and judgment of others. Now, I know that there are some things that every person does not know. Our problem is not mostly moving forward. When we don't know, our problem is refusing to move forward when God has given us the knowledge and the judgment to do so. And if you don't have the knowledge, then why don't you go get the knowledge so you can? So trust your knowledge and your judgment. Trust your belief system. Trust it enough to try it. Do you realize that every uh, creation, every uh, everything that people invent is the word I want to use, every invention came into being because someone trusted themselves enough to try. Now, there may have been a number of failures, but eventually we were able to get the cell phone. Can you imagine what would have happened if Alexander Graham Bell and many others who invented things that are essential? So trust your knowledge enough to try it. Trust your belief system enough to try it. Trust your thoughts. Why do you think other people's thoughts are clearer than yours? Why would you believe that others' thoughts are more accurate than yours? You have been endowed by Almighty God with a brain, and you have the capacity to think clearly and thoroughly. So trust yourself enough to try your thoughts. Trust your feelings enough to try them. Now, I know that's thin ice, and there ought to be some questions in that area. But guess what? Your feelings are the only ones you have. You don't have my feelings. You don't have your parents' feelings. You don't have anyone's feelings other than yours. So you're going to trust feelings. So the question to you is, why would you trust my feelings and not trust your feelings? So trust your knowledge and your judgment. Trust your belief system. Trust your thoughts. Trust your feelings. 
trust your actions. My friend, you can do it. You must trust yourself enough to try. As a matter of fact, you should never say that I cannot do it. You should say, I put forth my best effort. And after putting forth my best effort, it became evident that I did not have the capacity to do it. But you should never render, or rather surrender, in advance. Now, I know there should be some questions, so let me take a quick pause and see what questions they are that we can get in in this first segment. Maybe there are no questions. Trust yourself enough to try. The Bible is filled with individuals who trusted themselves enough to try, and that's why they were successful. David had a showdown with Goliath. Many, many people trusted and succeeded. Trust yourself enough to try. Okay, I think we're coming up to a commercial break. Uh, I may have exited out a minute earlier. When you read the Bible, uh, the apostles, the 12 men that Jesus invested himself into, as he ascended into heaven, they stood outside of Jerusalem asking him questions. But guess what? The Holy Spirit came. And the Holy Spirit empowered them, and they moved forward, taking the gospel over the entire world, simply because they trusted themselves enough to try. We're going to a commercial break. All right, you worshipers. Kind of forget about all the trust the devil's brought in our life. Give it over to God. Yeah, I want you to know right now at this time. We gotta give him praise. Let everybody worship. Come on, let's worship. Oh, come on, saints, he's worthy. Everything, everything, all the pain, the pain, the pain, the pain, the Troubles come, just hold the You might have brought some trials. You might have brought some tribulations here this morning. You might be a little weary, but I came to tell you. Worship the Lord. Worship the Lord. Worship the Lord. 
messes up our psyche. Instead of looking at things as failures, look at it as it was a learning opportunity. So I didn't fail. I went down this road trying to find a shortcut, and this road doesn't provide a shortcut. I didn't fail. I have learned what not to do. Uh, What we tell ourselves makes a world of difference. When I was teaching English in North Carolina, I never called my exams, examinations, or tests. You've probably heard people say, oh, I have trouble taking tests. Oh, tests make me nervous. I call them written reviews. We're not having a test. This is a written review. You're going to get a chance to review in your mind what you've learned and write it on paper. So the first thing we have to do is stop feeling so bad about what we call failure. But at the end of the day, you've got to ask yourself this question. If you don't trust yourself, then you are trusting somebody else. So what makes you think that they are superior to you? Now, we we are accustomed to doing that. We we have problems. Uh, There are some things that men uh, defer and they trust women, but they don't trust themselves. There are some things that women defer and trust men and don't trust themselves. There are some things that one culture or race of people will, won't trust themselves but will trust people of another culture and race. Now, that doesn't remove the fact that there are some times when people have experienced, they are trained, they do have advantages over you because they have place themselves in a position to do that. But we've got to start telling ourselves, and then we've got to stop making people feel bad because they followed an idea and it did not work. So we've got to stop surrendering, stop surrendering uh, the wisdom, the capacity that God has given us, and stop becoming second-class citizens to the wisdom and knowledge of others. And probably within the church, that probably happens more than anywhere else. A person will sit in Sunday school, and they will read a passage, or a passage would be under consideration, or a thought or a question would cross their mind, and they will ask the teacher. If the teacher doesn't answer their question, they're aggravated and frustrated. It never crossed their mind to go home and spend three months struggling with this passage, reading it, trying to figure out what it means. Don't be so quick to surrender you to someone else. Hopefully that helps a little bit. If not, uh, you can ask the question a different way, or we can follow up and talk more specifically even after the program ends. Other questions or comments? It does. Don't Thank be shy you. and bashful. <laughs> All right. Now, let's go to part to part one, we talked about trusting yourself enough to try. Now, the second part almost is going to sound like a contradiction, but it isn't. It's not a either or, it's a both, okay? So the first segment I said, 
trust yourself enough to try. The second segment says trust others enough to verify. Trust yourself enough to try, but trust others enough to verify. Can you imagine how miserable life would be if you did not trust other people to do something? I had a conversation today with a woman, and she was telling me about her gentleman friend, and these people are in their 70s. When he goes to his doctor, he doesn't trust his doctor, his medical people. He will ask a million questions. Well, what kind of pill is this? What's in this pill? Can you give me some written information explaining this? And he just asks so many questions. Well, the people who develop the medication, if they really explain it, it's beyond his capacity to understand really what it is. Can you imagine how miserable his life will be if he doesn't trust his doctor? Now, he verified, or you should verify, that your doctor is a doctor. Maybe that's why he hang on his wall, his plaques of the schools that he have attended. But we must trust them enough to verify. In 1 Samuel chapter 15, verses 1 through 16, Samuel trusted Saul. God gave Saul instructions. And he was supposed to go and destroy all of the people, all of the livestock, just utterly destroy. Well, Saul went up and didn't do that. He returned from the battle, and he said, I've done what you told me to do. Samuel said, what's that bleeding of the sheep that I hear? And Saul said, oh, but we, we kept the best of the herd. Guess what? He didn't do what he was told to do. So Samuel trusted him to go. But then he went out to verify that he had done what he was assigned to do. Guess what? God also went to verify. As a matter of fact, he removed from Saul his right to reign because God did not send Saul up to do battle and then leave it up to Saul whether or not he did what he was assigned to do. So we must trust others enough to verify. Do not feel bad verifying that people have done what you trusted them to do. Verify that your children have done what you told them to do. I grew up on a farm. My daddy trusted, but he verified. Every single thing that he told me to do, he verified that I had done that. 
If he said to me, I want you to feed the cows, this evening I will be late getting home. Whenever he got home, it did not matter what time it was, he went to the barn to verify that I had done what he had assigned me to do. So at an early age, it, I realized I have to do what he said do. Because if I had not done what he said do, I was disciplined and still had to go do it. I never was able to get out of doing it. So when you verify, and this is, a, this is an excellent child training technique, because children will test the limits. And when parents do not have enough energy to verify that your child did what you told him or her to do, they realize I can get out of doing it, that mama might fuss, but she's not going to really verify. And if I haven't done it, she's not going to make me do it. So a good parenting technique, if you will do that, if you as a parent will verify, and whatever it is, that you have verified, if they did not do it, don't you do it. Don't you say, oh, it's so late tonight, they've got to get up and go to school tomorrow. No, you march right into his bedroom at 1.30 in the morning and tell him to get up out of that bed, put on his shoes, his pants, his coat, his hat, and his gloves, and go do exactly what you told him to do. And when parents do that, it is not long before you really don't have to verify as closely as you would because they now know they don't get away with anything. So trust others enough to verify. What questions or comments do you have? Let's keep moving then. Acts chapter 17 and verse 11. I want you to trust the knowledge of others, but verify. Don't hesitate to verify that he or she knows what they are talking about. You are very familiar with this passage of Scripture, Acts 17 and verse 11. Now those were more noble-minded than those, rather now these rather, were more noble-minded than those in Thessalonica. For they received the word with great eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see whether these things were so. There is no more perfect passage in the whole Bible to trusting others but verifying than this passage. They, did, they trusted the apostles, those men who had been with Jesus, from the baptism of John, those men who stood outside of Jerusalem and watched the heavenly Father ascend upward. They were the ones who had received the Holy Spirit. Those men, people trusted them, but they tried them to make sure that their knowledge was accurate. So they did not just surrender their knowledge to the apostles. As a matter of fact, so that the apostles could verify that indeed they were apostles 
and that their message was sanctioned by God, God gave them the capacity. He gave them the ability to perform miracles. That's how the apostles established the fact that they were men of God. Otherwise, they would have come in and spoken a message, and people would have no way of knowing, no way of verifying that their message was true. Listen to the Hebrew writer, chapter 2 and verse 1 and following. For this reason, we must pay much closer attention to what we have heard so that we do not drift away from it. For if the word spoken through angels proved unalterable, and every transgression and disobedience received a just penalty, how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation after it was at the first spoken through the Lord? It was confirmed. The spoken word was what? Confirmed to us by those who heard. It was confirmed. In other words, God created and placed in the mechanism of disbursing the truth. Trust but verify. Notice verse 4. God also testifying with them, both by signs and wonders and by various miracles, and by gifts of the Holy Spirit according to his own will. So God verified that those men who were his apostles were indeed apostles, and they were telling the truth. So then, my friend, trust others' knowledge, but verify whatever they tell you. If it's relative, if it's, if it's related to the word of God, then the scriptures should support it. If it's according to your company policy, there should be some kind of manual that supports it. So wherever you are, trust the knowledge of others, but verify it. Trust the belief system of others, but verify it. Most all of us, if not all of us, we start out as children subscribing to our parents' belief system. We trusted their belief system. They told us there was a God. We didn't question it when we were five or six. We trusted their belief system. Whatever they told us, we trusted it. But at some point, before it should be transferred into your permanent belief system, you need to verify. You know what will happen? In many cases, when you start verifying your parents' belief system, you will discover that their belief system is inadequate. No doubt some of you, your parents, at some point in life, subscribe to the belief system that you could just invite Jesus into your heart. Just bow your head and say a sinner's prayer. But when you began to examine the scriptures to verify it, you discovered that your parents' belief system was inadequate. But until you did that, 
what they believe you had accepted into your belief system. So I'm going to say to you now, from this day forward, do not put anything into your belief system that you have not verified. Because if you have not verified, when you start to verify, you may discover it is inadequate. Trust the thoughts of others, but verify. Isaiah 55 tells us that God's thoughts are so much higher than ours. So he has given us a sharp mind, given us the capacity to think, but guess what? Our thoughts fall far short of God's thoughts. So what happens if a person's thoughts have fallen short of God's thoughts, but then you have subscribed to their thoughts? My friend, trust their thoughts, but verify. Trust their feelings, but verify. Every one of us have been misled at some point by our feelings and other people's feelings. So trust, but verify. Trust, but verify. Trust the behavior of others. When you come to a four-way stop sign, if you arrive there first, you begin to move forward before the other automobile has come to a full stop. Why would you do that? You would do that because you trust them to stop. But by the very same token, you are looking out of the corner of your eyes and you are asking yourself, are they going too fast to stop? If you think they're going too fast to stop, you're not going to venture into the intersection. So what are you trying to do? You are trusting, but you are verifying. Frequently, when I'm driving, I look into my rearview mirror when I'm about to stop, and I try to gauge, can the car behind me stop? And I find myself sometimes inching up just a few feet because it appears that they're going to need a few feet before they're able to come to a full stop, lest they rear-end me. So what am I doing? I'm trusting them to stop, but I am verifying that they will. What questions or comments do you have? We have approximately three minutes left in this program, and I want to get your question and your comments in. What questions do you have? Feel free to make a comment. We don't want any wasted time, so dive right in. Don't hesitate. All right, let's summarize what we've talked about tonight. To trust is to cling and conform. When I trust something, I hold to it and allow it to influence my behavior. Trust is the oil that makes the universe flow frictionless. Think about all of the pains that you would experience if you did not trust people. If you go to the market to buy 10 pounds of meat, you trust him or her to weigh it properly. But if you are standing near the scale, you still may look over 
to make sure that they are giving you 10 pounds. You go and cash a check at the bank for $357.19. You count your money before you leave the teller's window. Why? You trust, but you verify. You trust, but you verify. So stay in the habit of trusting and verifying. And when you do that, your quality of life will improve. How many times have you thought you had committed instructions or a phone number to memory and you glanced at the paper to remind yourself, I did not have it remembered accurately. My friend, trust. Trust is the oil that makes the universe flow frictionless. You must trust yourself enough to try. That gets you going. And then you must trust other people enough to verify. And then that gets them going. I have appreciated and enjoyed this opportunity tonight. Once again, I want to thank Shauna for all that she does for the Tennessee Singles and for orchestrating this part of the program, uh, I believe, on a monthly basis. And I say to all of you, make her life as easy as possible because she has to trust you to do some things. When she trusts you, make sure that when she verifies, she will be satisfied. Don't make her have to rebuke you because you did not do what you were supposed to do. Thanks to Stevie B for an awesome platform to present the message of truth. Remember, my website is johndavismarshall.com. You can discover the books that I have written and order them. Now, I noticed a moment ago I've actually changed my website, and my web designer put the books on there at half of what they sell for. But if you order them tonight, I will honor that half price. price. But by tomorrow morning, he will have changed that. And if you'd like to be coached, if you'd like to raise your life to the next level, then give me a call, and we will be delighted to get you to the next level. It has been a privilege tonight. Thanks for the opportunity. You are returned back into the hands of your host. This is Genesis Archer, and you are listening in to the Mid-TN Singles Hour of Power. Peace and love, everyone. Oh, you promised me. You would be there for me You would be there You told me if trials Come away If I would be still And still obey You'd show me the way You promised me Yes you did That you would be there for me 
from the Lord Radio Show. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 